1: And good morning, gentlemen, and welcome to Start Your Engines. Ladies and gentlemen, I guess for our audience, Absolutely. but for the boys here in the studio, it's welcome, gentlemen. How are you doing? I'm doing good this morning. About to fall out
2: from last night.
1: Kind of cold out there. At it got cold. Boiling ball,
2: Springs. Boiling Springs,
1: yeah. Because we went It was a lot colder for Boiling Springs. 40-degree drop Yeah. in temperature. Yeah. It was a lot colder for Boiling Springs, though, wasn't it? It was. And, Alan, well, good morning to you. Good morning, gentlemen uh glad to be here this morning glad to have you we uh gonna do it without um greg again this morning he's uh still recovering from some some health problems he and his wife and uh i thought we had him again this week but we it's kind of one of those day-by-day things it is and uh we wish greg uh, a speedy recovery and hopefully he'll be back next week but he got us a fine guest and one that i've never talked to Th- that will be fun. You told me who it was. Go ahead and tell the audience. Yep. It's got Dr. John Craft who, uh, now I've written a few books, but now he's written a bunch of books and he's, uh, I'm pretty sure he's been a federal judge or still is and and an attorney. And um, he now, has written. I think a-
2: federal judges are a lifetime appointment, aren't they? Um, Maybe we'll f- we'll find out. I mean, you can retire, but you're not forced to retire.
1: Well, you could be. <laughs> if you did something if you wrong, it's a wackadoodle. <laughs> but uh, Doctor John Kraft has written a lot of books. He wrote um, a lot of books on Fords and Ford products. I know I've got a book of his uh, on Mustangs. Mm-hmm. He's written a lot about the uh, um, Trans Am series that Bud Moore was so successful in, and he's a big Bud Moore, Greg Moore fan, which was made it so easy for Greg to get him for our show, and he has done a lot of restorations. He restores cars. He goes out and finds cars and, uh, and documents their history and um, restores them. And I, that's something that I I really love. Not, not just writing about, you know, motorsports, but actually gets hands on and finds these historic race cars or, you know, these days, Alan, you know, if you find a car uh, out there and, and restore it, I mean, it's, it it's, it's a, it doesn't have to be a big winner to be a historic race car. I mean, they're just hard to come by, and there's a lot of them out there that haven't been found yet, and when they are found, you document it, you uh, spend thousands of dollars fixing them up, and uh, you've really got a, a valuable piece of equipment. Yes, you do. Uh, I had a fellow restore
3: uh, one of my daddy's old cars, the white and gold 27 back in the day, and... He asked me to come over and look at it, and uh, actually, he brought it to Cherokee Speedway and put it on display at Cherokee Speedway, but he kept on asking me the gold color on it, and I told him, I said, that was a 1972 Cadillac Fire Miss Gold, and he actually got that paint and painted that car up and pretty much looked at it, and I went over and looked at at Cherokee Speedway, and I could tell him, I said, yep, that's probably one of the old 27s, but... His won't know if it was the one that actually won the $10,000 race over in 1978. And I
1: had to break his heart and tell him, no, that wasn't that car. <laughs> well, tell me this now. And I, I've, I've read Smokey Unix uh, biography several times and or autobiography. And he talks about um, some, some of his cars that got away from him that um, people were borrowed and they were going to bring it back. And they never did. And he says. Uh, I don't know what happened to that car, um, but I still got the title to it, so it's mine. And now, <laughs> but, but these cars that he's talking about, you know, were legitimately bought off a showroom and converted into race cars like uh, like his, uh, well, the one in particular he's talking about here was the 55 Buick that he, when Herb Thomas was his driver, he loaned to Herb and says he never saw it again. And, um, but as in general, when you construct a race car it, it doesn't have a title does it no it does not it all you do is you get the frame
3: and stuff like that i was talking to a fellow this week at uh restaurant and we was talking about uh i was i'm building another car right now it's a Lee spring car which you seen pictures of it the other day right. and i told him that i'd uh went to the junkyards and stuff like that and was looking for 70 does 1972 uh Camaros, and I said they getting to be hard to come by. And this guy here, he restores cars. He says, "Well, you can buy aftermarket front clip for them, you know." And he's got he got the same thing which you do. And I mean, don't get me wrong, half of these cars out here nowadays are show cars and stuff like that. You can buy aftermarket stuff for them. As a matter of fact, just talking about a Mustang. Mm-hmm. I seen a place in Charlotte today that was strictly Mustang. It had the Mustang emblem on the front of the building. And you could actually just go in there and build you a nineteen sixty-six Mustang. Really? Even though it's <laughs> not a you know.
2: Yeah, and, and I think the reason that we're we're not finding a lot of the old vintage cars is because generally when a race team on a higher level gets a new car, they sell it down, and then they sell it down, and they sell it down, and after four or five trips, down all the way to dirt track you
3: you lose the original car oh well uh i had i've had a car that we uh built and really didn't like the car that much we called this car uh we name our cars and (laughs) this car here it had a it had a a good name i mean not a good name, but my daughter wouldn't say it. But <laughs> <laughs> not, not a name good yeah. for radio. But yeah. I, I pushed it outside, and I stripped everything off of it, and people kept on coming by. I want to know if they could buy it and stuff like that. And I finally took my plasma cutter and just went out there and cut it in half and cut it in about four different places. And I said, my cars don't go to another. I don't race against them.
2: Yeah, you that's know, interesting.
3: And, you know, you, you get a good car. I, do you think Martin Truex would have sold his car after Sunday at
1: Martinsville? I'd put that one in the corner someplace. <laughs> <laughs> and pull it you, out every yeah. <laughs> couple of times every year. Yeah. Uh,
3: you don't sell. you uh, Some cars you sell, some cars you won't. Don't get me wrong.
1: Now, now you talked about, th- this is interesting to me, and we'll really get into it with Dr. Kraft, but uh, the number 27 you were talking about. Now, the person that restored it, I mean, did they restore it? How can I say this? With your permission or, I mean, what? Is it no. their car now, or did yeah, they find yeah, it out in a field yeah, and it becomes I, their car, or uh, they buy He a-
3: said he said he found this car in a storage container, and uh, he asked me about you know things about it and stuff like it, and you know, and he restored it pretty much to what the car looked like. But I mean, that's a uh, you know you can't get it exactly like it was and stuff like that, but you can get it off of close and. But- he, I think he actually sold it, and it's in a museum now.
1: Well, but what I'm talking about is the ownership. I mean, when at some point did it not belong to you anymore, or your family, Uh, or
3: no? I I don't. I think my daddy actually sold that car or whatever when he sold the frame, and it went down the road and something like that. And next thing you know, it gets crashed, and somebody puts another front clip on it or something like that. But you know, but uh, mine not even been a 27 car. But I mean, you can take it and paint it that color. I mean, uh, what would they be? Any records like a no, ser- serial number or no anything? Ser- uh, some of you NASCAR boys, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, sometimes they go in there on the frame rail and they'll, they'll put like uh zero, zero one, zero zero two, zero zero three and stuff like that. But you know, sometimes your driver gets to where he likes a certain car and, uh, he'll go in there and look, Oh, this is, this is zero zero four. I like this car. And guess what? So then if you find a driver that likes that car, you just put all of them zero zero four, get him in a good mood to start with. <laughs> and what you're saying though, nothing is
2: standardized in identifying them. No. If they are identified, it's, it's something the, the original owner did on his own.
3: You're exactly right. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I've got some pictures of the 27 car in Barry Wright back in the day in the seventies. He was one of our premier chassis builders here in Spartanburg. Still and, is, isn't he? Yes, he is. And, uh, He's doing good after his heart attack the other day. He's back on the he's back in the job and back in the shop working and stuff from what I hear. And, uh, but I seen a picture, and I could pick out every one of Barry Wright's race cars because he had a certain bar inside the race car that went from the, the center of the car all the way down to the right front. And that was one of Barry's, you know. One of his unique building characteristics. That's exactly right.
1: Well, you know, up at Alex Beam's, uh memory lane museum in mooresville he has got i mean door-to-door bumper-to-bumper historic race cars and he admits some of them aren't uh, you know aren't the real mccoy and some of them are recreations and there's one of uh bud moore's dale earnhardt thunderbirds uh real the the boxy one not the right not the slope nose car and at that time i was pretty heavily involved with a racist reunion i got off of there because i was anyway i got off of there but <laughs> but anyway another, story, another day it sure certainly is and not much about racing but anyway um it, but there was some talk on there about whether this was a really the car and of course alex beam you know would say well of course it's a car i bought it you know blah 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 and it's it's a uh, it never was sold to anybody else and But anyway, we went up there one time. The first time I took Greg with me to do a a book signing up there when they used to have shows. and They don't have them there anymore, unfortunately. And anyway, Greg walked over there to it, stuck his head inside and looked at the roll bars. I mean, it didn't take him 10 seconds to say, that's our car. I mean, you know, he looked at the way it was welded. And there was a certain thing about the way the roll bar was made, and he said, there's no question about it. This is our car. Well,
2: think back just several weeks ago that we saw a car authenticated in the parking lot of Applebee's. That's right. When Allison's car was identified.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that was was a really cool moment because Bobby was there. Yeah. And uh, two members of the Moore family were there, Greg and his brother Daryl. And I mean, there wasn't any question about it. I mean, the car was, what? it hadn't been restored whatsoever. In fact, it uh, um, was still full of Bondo, and one side had been sitting in the garage facing the weather, and the other side hadn't. And, and, um, and you could, it, it hadn't moved in like 30 or 30 some odd years. So, but, uh,
2: but all three of them knew
1: right off oh, yeah. that that was the car. Yeah, they looked underneath and said, yeah, that's 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 the car. Now, see, what they were, concerned about was which car yeah because uh you know they were wanting to everybody wanted it to be the one that uh that was in the 1979 daytona 500 when they had the big fight when yeah. Bobby, and you know it's like the backdrop of the fight he yeah. bobby allison pulls up and when they're out there swinging and rolling around in the grass and everything that bud moore cars in the background and there was a lot of uh discussion as to um if that was the same car because you know they had more than one car right um and i don't know that they ever came up with a an answer
2: and my answer for that is
1: close enough well you know you like to pinpoint the history of it and me being probably the least knowledgeable i mean i saw the car race a lot uh you know probably saw it because we don't i don't know exactly which one it was but being that the right side of it was so full of bondo and everything, I figured it was a short track car from uh beating and banging and getting repaired and everything. And, uh, it even Darlington, you know, where the right side takes mm-hmm. the beating. Uh, uh, but I never heard for sure which car it was, but, it, and I don't know how many they had. I know they had a, uh, a short track car and a super speedway car and probably a, at least an intermediate car. And that would be three right there. Um, uh, I know Greg always said when we wrote his book about they had a little trick that they did. And this reminds me of something that you talked about last week, uh, Alan, about trailing arms. And Greg said that they always had extra long trailing arms on the super speedway car. And it took a long time for a lot of people to catch up with them to to see why they handle so well on the super speedway. And, of course, I don't. I call that racing geometry. I don't understand it that well, um, but uh, obviously you do with talking about the trailing arms and all that stuff. But, you know, things like that is how you can look underneath one and and um, uh, fi- figure out which car it was.
3: Yeah, you can just uh, kind of identify certain things for certain racetracks. And that's just uh, had a guy this week was talking about he's going to get him a Longhorn chassis. And I couldn't believe how much they're getting for these Late model dirt chassis now, he said he's paying for and seventy one thousand dollars for it. Holy moly, seventy one thousand or 7100 dollars just for a rolling chassis for a dirt car. Huh. Well, that's without the motor. Now mm. you got to go Clements and go over there and spend you another sixty thousand dollars to get you a good motor. Man, and uh, and these boys was racing that, and he said uh, he told them boys up there he said I want one just like John from Davenport's or Tim McCready's, but guess what? what you might not get one like they got i mean <laughs> I, I told them i said if, if i was going to give that man to one thousand dollars i'd walk up after john davenport got out of his car and Winter circle and said that's my car i just bought it because yeah. they driving they driving what they call house
1: cars in a way yeah yeah and well I, that's uh that's a whole different story i mean that's that's so much money involved in that now i would have never dreamed it uh that you did a uh, A dirt car today cost that kind of money and
2: well you pay seventy one thousand dollars for one you want to be able to expect that they're not going to build one just like it for somebody else
3: you are exactly right when he told me the right front spindle the right front spindle alone for a longhorn chassis is a thousand dollars because it's already got the degrees built into the spindle to where you don't have to do it with the top top uh, A-frames and stuff.
1: Well, I'm still thinking about those $2,200 springs Jeremy was talking about last week. <laughs> uh, well, and there, there are no more Shade tree operations. Not winning. Not winning, yeah. <laughs> not winning. You're exactly right. All right, well, we're going to take a break right now and come back and, and talk to Dr. John Craft and find out uh, a lot more about this very subject. And I can't wait to hear about uh, all he's uh, contributed to auto racing with his books and his uh, restorations. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg.
0: There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM.
4: When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946.
5: Fox Sports 1400 now has an app. Like mozzarella sticks? No,
0: it's an app for your phone. My phone is hungry? Okay so for the rest of you. Download the Fox Sports 1400 app today with our elite audio text line. Just search Fox Sports 1400 in Google Play or the App Store. Download our app today by searching Fox Sports 1400.
6: Every now and then we need to get away and relax and there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill and a boat ramp marina with ethanol free gas. Hookups available on nightly weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Trucks, trucks, we want trucks. If trucks are what you want, Greer Nissan
7: is where you need to be. Nissan Truck Month is on now. Get rock bottom prices and payments on hundreds of new Nissans, like the Nissan Titan. Drive for $349 a month, or save up to $10,000 off MSRP, or drive a 2020 Nissan Road for only $229 a month. That's right. You can get a new 2019 Nissan Titan for only $349 a month, or save up to $10,000 off MSRP, or a new 2020 Nissan Road for only $2.29 a month during Nissan Truck Month at Greer Nissan. You can get rock bottom prices and payments on all your favorite Nissan. For the truck you want at the price you need. Hurry to Greer Nissan. For Nissan Truck Month today. Greer Nissan. Low prices. Big selection. And committed to quality customer service. Visit us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or you can see
8: all our deals online at GreerNissan.com. Please 64479-1197 for more details. F45 Training, the world's fastest growing. Fitness Network has now made its way to Roba. This new fitness studio brings a new style of training to the area and is open to all fitness levels. F45 Training is a global fitness training community specializing in group workouts which are fast, fun, and proven to get rapid results. F45 offers members an unlimited array of training programs designed to unify the muscle groups and make you look, move, and perform better in all aspects of your life. Find them on Facebook or Instagram and sign up for your free week now. F45 Functional Fitness Training, located at 4795 South Church Street in Roba, or call at 864-810-4528. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershop? If so, you need to visit the Ironspur Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironspur Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun, man cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironspur Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors, mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289.
0: The Elite Audio Text Line is open. Via the Fox Sports 1400 app. Download it now by searching Fox Sports 1400, either at the Apple Store or via Google Play.
1: And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Drive In Studios. And it's my great pleasure. And I'm really looking forward to this one, fellas, talking to uh Dr. John Kraft, who I've I've read his books for years, but I have never um had the opportunity to talk with. And uh, good morning, Doctor Kraft.
9: Morning, how you doing, fellas? Happy to be
1: here. I'm doing great and thank you so much for coming on the show with us. Um I I've been an an admirer of your works. I've I've written a few books myself, but I mean you're a real author. <laughs> You've, uh, how many books have you written? Because I, I know that uh, I have uh, several of your books about Trans Am racing and Mustangs and uh, and some of your other books. You're a I mean you're quite an accomplished author and and your work is wonderful.
9: Well, I appreciate that. It's mostly uh, been a Walter Mitty thing for me. I've uh, actually written a dozen books, and I think I'm probably going to leave it right there because. <laughs> I much uh, prefer working in the garage on all race cars today uh, to sitting at a typewriter. Uh, but I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I've been a race fan all my life, and um, that was just of a natural extension of being a, a fan.
2: Well, I think that's one of the reasons that, that we like you and like interviewing you is that because you're not just an author that sits back and, and researches things. You do like to get in the garage and turn wrenches.
10: Oh, yeah.
9: Yeah, my uh, my fantasy uh, is if I had been uh, a little older, uh, that I might have gotten a job at Holman and the Moody say in 1966. Uh, <laughs> of course, the reality the reality of working nine to five or longer in a workshop, uh, a race shop like Holman Moody or any of the shops would, would have probably intervened and made it not as uh, enjoyable as I imagined it would have been. But that's my idea, I'd like to think that I was would, would have been good enough to work for one of the top teams back in the '60s.
1: Well, I haven't seen the movie yet, and uh, I'm not even sure it's been released, but uh, Ford versus Ferrari, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with the Holman Moody and and around 1966, does it not?
9: Oh, yeah, it does. Holman Moody was, um, for most modern fans who don't know about Holman Moody, and that would be a lot because effectively uh, uh, in the 1970s, Holman Moody stopped uh, being the race powerhouse it was. But Holman Moody was the, I guess it, you could call it the Hendrick, Roush, Gibbs factory of the day, all rolled into one. It was a racing factory, and it handled all of Ford's contract racing efforts, except for some of the Mercury things that were done out on the West Coast by Bill Strop. Uh, it, it's hard to imagine a car company and its contractor, home in the movie, being as heavily involved in all aspects of racing. I'm, I'm talking about. Stock car racing, sports car racing, international endurance racing, AFX dragster construction, uh, powerboat offshore racing—it uh, was everything but IndyCar uh, for Ford came out of home
1: in a movie. And I've seen so many pictures of John Hallman um, hanging out in the pits at Indianapolis, so he he had a he had an eye on that as well. And uh, I, right. I, 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 I Doctor Craft uh, would in, in no way correct you. I just want to interject that uh when you were talking about the Mercury's on the West Coast, we had a fellow here in Spartanburg. I know you wrote his biography, Bud Moore, that right. had quite a bit to right. do with Mercury's too. And uh, uh, he and Greg, well, and, and we thank Greg for getting getting uh, you on the show today.
9: And he certainly did. Uh, and that started in, I uh, uh, it was August. It was at the Southern 500 in 1963
1: when Bud Moore right. uh,
9: signed his first contract with Fran Hernandez, who was the Lincoln Mercury um the Lincoln Mercury coordinator or director for motorsports as you probably know Perry that very first Mercury Marauder that Bud got when he signed the contract was built by Bill Strop in Long Right uh, Long Beach, California and I think most of the Marauders that Bud campaigned 63, 64, 65 and even into 66 all started out there on the on the left coast um Mara- um Strop uh as you know, the Lincoln Mercury Division was always kind of uh, the red stepchild to Ford. There was intercompany politics, and effectively in 64, stopped really got out of the business of building uh, NASCAR race cars, and that's right about the time that, that Bud stepped up and uh, started carrying the Lincoln Mercury uh, banner for Fran Hernandez and the Lincoln Mercury Division.
1: Yeah, and that's when Pontiac sort of pulled the rug out from a lot of people, or General Motors did, and Bud had to do but- something. and. You know, can you imagine that today, uh, Dr. Kraft, that uh, uh, by the time 1963 was over, Bud Moore was winning dirt track races like at Hillsboro in a Pontiac and uh, fielding uh, Mercury on super speedways. I mean, that would would just be unheard of to have two different um, campaigning, two different manufacturers out of the same garage.
9: Right. And, of course, uh, Joe Weatherly, who was Bud's driver, uh, was in hot competition for his second consecutive grand national title, and uh, once General Motors uh, formally and finally withdrew from racing, even though they supposedly were out of racing after 1957 in the AMA ban, Joe had to hop rides with, I forget how many uh, manufacturers he drove. There was a I lot of them. Drove. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he won his championship, and of course, Joe's ambition was to win three in a row, And, unfortunately, that caught up with him at Riverside. He was running for points, and that's where he made his untimely end there in turn nine. But, yeah, 63 was a a tough year for GM guys. Um, Junior once told me that um, uh, just before the speed weeks in Daytona in 1963, the General Motors, worried about being busted up for being a monopoly, tried to repossess all of the mystery Motor in the car. Uh, just before Speed Weeks. you can imagine how that was received by Ray Fox and, uh, and uh, Junior Johnson. We're, we're going to come get your car before Speed weeks so, uh, That didn't go over too well, and ultimately, they were allowed to race their cars, but uh, that was a tough time for GM racers, and they really didn't get back into racing until 1971 as a result of GM's um, uh, precipitous withdrawal from racing.
1: Well, and, and Smoke Unique as well, because he had right. we had Johnny Rutherford on the show a month or so ago, or more than that back in the summer. And uh, of course he won his first outing with a, one of those mystery engines, uh, driving for uh, uh smokey unit. But I'm going to, let's talk a little bit about what, what you've done because you've, uh, th- your experience and, and the things you've contributed to auto racing are, are, uh, massive. And look, looking at, um, looking you up last night online, I was fascinated, absolutely fascinated with that 1964 Ford that, uh, used to be like the it was interesting the Hallman moody um it was like the guest car and uh jabe thomas ended up with it and, and then you found right. it out rusting in a field and restored it and that's just an amazing story tell us a little about that
9: yeah and unfortunately i just lost that car to hurricane harvey two years ago oh home no moody, yes yeah that, um that's the second of three home moody cars that i have uh restored the first one was the '65 Daytona 500 winner that Fred Lorenzen drove uh, found that car in Ohio. Then I found the '64, and I'm currently working on uh, Bobby Allison's Bondi Long Holman Moody '68 Torino, which came third behind Leroy and Kale. Yeah, actually Kale and Leroy in the '68 Daytona
1: 500. Now, but, just for instance, where did you find that car? Uh, which one now? The, 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 Bobby, five- the Bobby Allison car.
9: That car uh, came to Earth. I found it in uh, a friend of mine had it in Hoover, Alabama, and he had it for about 15 years. And uh, I can be persistent when needling people to buy things. Um, <laughs> and uh, he was gonna, you know, it's the same old so I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna fix it. And then one day the phone call came in. was not know if I still want to buy it. And uh, before the end of the week, I was over in Alabama with a trailer. Uh, the car had come to Earth in Johnson City. Tennessee, it was last raced by a fellow named Larry Foster, who was a local guy up there. I don't think he ran Grand National. Um, like most Homer Moody chassis, it had a long history. It started out as Hutch's 67 Fairlane that Bondi Long campaigned in 67. I, I think I saw so that car
1: win in Atlanta one year. Uh, that would I have think, been a, think, the Dixie 400 in 1967.
9: I believe you did. Hutch won there. Uh, yep. that was the Bondi had two cars. Uh, he had a high-powered connection with Ford, and unlike most people, was able to get cars directly from Holman and Moody on the same basis as uh, the regular Ford teams, like the Wood Brothers, um, paid a dollar to get the car. At the end of the year, the contract required the car to be turned in back to Holman and Moody for a dollar. So, Bondi got two 67 Fairlane, raced them. One was a short-track car, and one was a, a Speedway car, and... Uh, Turned them in at the end of the season. They got rebodied by Holman Moody at 68 perinos. Again, one served as a speedway car, the other was a short track car. And then Bondi kind of re- retreated from racing at the end of the the 68 season. The car went downstream. The last I know that uh, Tiny raced the car and sat on the pole in the 71 Prometex race at Daytona, but lost an engine. Right. And then it wound up. Then it wound up in a scrapyard like. Sadly, most old
1: uh, race cars do, went down the food chain. That's, uh, you know, uh, gosh, I love hearing about stuff like that. But g- getting back to uh, uh, what I saw on the Internet last night, and all you got to do is Google Dr. John Kraft, and you can see the same thing I saw last night. Um, you found another car, or it found you, whichever way you want to look at it. It was one of kale Yarborough Cyclones that um, – It had, uh, we were sitting out in a field someplace that had a second life. It looked like, I think it was number 51. And um, how did I mean, it's just fascinating the way you find these cars.
9: Well, that car, uh, to be clear, I found, uh, I've restored or I'm about to finish restoring four old Grand National stock cars. The first one was the car you referred to, and I don't want there to be any mistake. That car was. A sportsman car built by a fellow named, um, well, I'm drawing a blank now.
10: Marion
1: Cox?
9: No, one uh, Marion Cox. No, one it wasn't, it wasn't his Cyclone. But it, it was built, well, um, I wish I could pull that name up, but age is catching up to me. No. The car was built. Just it, wait. It was, the car was built, <laughs> it, yeah, but it wasn't a home and movie car. Now. Okay. It was built, to be clear. I went to the Wood Brothers when I found the car. I'd always wanted an old stock car, and as a Florida boy, there's just not too many stock cars down here in the woods, like up there in Dodge country, where y'all are at. <laughs> and so I found this car um, that had um, been built at Pistone's place by the former Holman and Moody master craftsman who built all the jigs for the half chassis cars. Uh, his name was Bill Funderbrook. I'm finally getting past my older moment. Uh, okay. Bill Funderburg, uh, after he went... Left Holman a Moody, went home and Moody went out of business, essentially. He worked for Pistone shortly, and then he set up his own company called Tar Heel Chassis, which I believe you probably will recognize. They built an awful lot of uh, short-track cars up up your way. The um, car had come to earth in Tennessee. I had all the pieces to make it a, a replica, and it was always considered a replica. The real race car had raced in sportsmanship. I uh, went to the Wood Brothers, asked them what had happened to their real spoiler keys, and they assured me that none of them would ever uh, pop up again. Uh, one had been uh, converted to a 70 Cyclone, and the other two had, had uh, gone down the food chain and been raced to death. So with their um, approval, I built uh, as close a replica okay. of the scales car as, as you'll find out of many, many original parts I had uh, original fenders and was a boss twenty nine powered car. And after that, I got lucky and found my first home in Moody car.
1: Now uh, I've got to go back to something you said a little earlier. And you said you lost that 64 Ford, um, to, uh to a hurricane. I, I mean, you, you saved it from, uh, rusting away to, to nothing right. out in the field. How in the world did you lose it to a hurricane? I mean, was it washed away yeah. or you lost or what happened?
9: Well, three and a half feet of water. Um, I was, uh, I'm was. i retired now. I'm back in Florida, but I was still uh, working in Texas, in Beaumont, Texas, when Hurricane Harvey visited us and dumped 52 inches of water in 48 hours. And, uh, wow. Texas is a wonderful state, but it's not a very good place to live if you don't like floods. Southeast Texas is very flat. The soil is very high clay content, uh, and the water does not go down <laughs> in the ground. It, it has to run back into the ocean or run off somewhere. And since there's not a lot of elevation, it just kind of lingers. So I lost my house, seven cars, my shop, just everything you can imagine below three feet of water. Mm. I took three feet of water in the house and it wasn't salt water, but um, that was up over the car pad in the car. Car had to be, would have had to have been completely torn down and I had no shop or tools left to do that. And I was in the middle of, of uh, litigating a big capital homicide trial. It Was My last trial out there, in Texas, and so time and resources prevented me uh, from tearing the car apart and putting it back together. I had insurance on it, uh, collected car insurance, and so it went off to the insurance company. But that was an interesting car. That was uh, one of the home-moody house cars in 1964. Holman always had an extra chassis ready for celebrity drivers, sometimes F1 guys or USAC guys would come and race. And then the chassis also was a quick replacement in case one of the regular team cars was destroyed at a race, they could simply repaint the house car and put it into service uh, the very next weekend.
1: I found it fascinating when you were talking about trying to match that color. And uh, you couldn't find that color anymore, but you uh, came close to it with a combination of other colors. And I I, I actually remember uh, I used to get my racing pictorial at the beginning of each year, or, or actually it would come out halfway through the year and you could see what the cars looked like at Daytona. And yeah. I remember that 06, that, and uh, Bobby Marsh and Bar- Bobby That's Marshman right. drove it in the Daytona 500. And uh, it, was, um, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous color of a, sort of a chestnut, kind of between red and brown somewhere in there.
9: Well, it was candy tangerine. Candy uh, Ford- tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it was, and it was actually a special George Barris color. Ford decided to be flashy, really flashy, at the end of the 1963 season, and they started painting their cars many of the team cars, um, with George Barris custom metal flake colors. Even Fred Lorenzen, uh, Wimbledon white, number 28 Galaxy, got an overcoat of Candy Pearl, which made the car almost look silver. It did. In some in some lights at some angles. The Fireball's car, which was in late 63, 64, was a Ford color called Regency Purple. Um, same color, by the way, that was on Curtis Turner's Purple Hog. Right, that won the won the Southern 500 in
8: '56.
9: Fireball car picked up uh, an overcoat of candy pearl, which just made it uh, iridescent. Right, uh, and then of course there was the the house car, the zero six car, that was candy tangerine. That car was painted by uh, Kenny Redmiler. If that name rings the bell, it does he was, certainly. He was yeah. He, uh, he and um, Bob Welburn actually built that car. They were working at home in the Moody building cars, and Kenny, as a redhead. Uh, from best I can gather, was very fond of tangerine. I guess because he had red hair. You might remember uh, he uh, was a big friend of Tiny's. Came from Iowa. Yep. Tiny he painted painted Tiny's '63 Southern 500 car, Candy Tangerine. He painted the '06 Candy Tangerine. And um, uh, Reed Shaw had a modified Sportsman 60, um, a Starliner that uh, that. Kenny painted. and That was also a candy tangerine car. So there, and then there was a replacement for the Oh six car that, uh, that Kenny also built and painted. It was candy tangerine. So that was a popular <laughs> color, at least with Ken miles. I'll
1: tell you what, Dr. Kraft, this is about the fastest 20 minutes. I can remember us having, uh, you know, you've been, uh, a wonderful guest and I have got to point out that while you're talking about painting cars, our guest next Saturday is uh, going to be Buzz McKim, who I think lettered that car and probably some of your other cars.
9: Oh yeah, Buzz uh, Buzz uh, has lettered all of them. I've been friends with Buzz, many Christmas, uh, thirty plus years. I got to know Buzz at the archives back when I was a, a freelance magazine guy in the eighties, and uh, he. Um, well, I flew him to Texas. I like his work so much. I flew him to Texas to letter the 06 car, and he's he's promised me that he's keeping brushes limber for the uh, Bobby Allison car when it gets gets to that point.
1: Well, he's a great friend of the show and, uh, and, and I've known him, I haven't known him 30 years, but I've probably known him 10 and he's a, he's just a wonderful person. And, uh, and he's got his own thing going down there in Florida with the shows that he has, uh, weekly on the radio. And I think even television, I know he, Greg went down there and was on his show uh, earlier this year. And I was, uh, um fortunate enough to be on that show and he is uh bus McKim is just a a, a great guy and a and a treasure to uh racing historians and we're going to have him on next week in uh, in our legend spot which is at ten twenty, which is the spot that you uh held today so we thank you so much for for coming on dr Kraft. i've been wanting to talk to you and i still like to meet you but uh, i really appreciate you coming on and uh, and sharing some time with us this morning
9: Oh, I, was, I was happy to help Greg out. uh a great guy. I'm sorry to hear he's under the weather. and I uh, wish him uh, a speedy recovery. Please give him my regards when you see him.
1: I absolutely will. Thank you so much, Dr. Kraft. All right. Nice talking with you. Nice talking with you. And that's John Kraft. And I tell you what,
2: that was a great interview. He's a fascinating man. And, and not only is he a, a racing historian, he's got varied background. I mean, he's a federal judge. He's a doctor. He just, he's, he's not your average Joe. And he's got a toolbox. <laughs> he does. It, it, it's, it's fun to realize somebody with all those accomplishments still likes to get down and
1: get dirty in the garage and turn some wrenches. You're exactly right. And uh, Well, we're going to take a break right now and come back. And our phone's ringing off the hook over here, so that's got to be Nelson. So we'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, talk to Nelson Crozier. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg.
11: Trucks! Trucks!
12: You want
7: trucks. If trucks are what you want, Greer Nissan is where you need to be. Nissan Truck Month is on now. Get rock bottom prices and payments on hundreds of new Nissans, like the Nissan Titan. Drive for $349 a month, or save up to $10,000 off MSRP, or drive a 2020 Nissan Road for only $229 a month. That's right. You can get a new 2019 Nissan Titan for only $349 a month, or save up to $10,000 off MSRP, or a new 2020 20 Nissan Road for only $229 a month during Nissan Truck Month at Greer Nissan. You can get rock-bottom prices and payments on all your favorite Nissan for the truck you want at the price you need. Hurry to Greer Nissan for Nissan Truck Month today. Greer Nissan. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Visit us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or you can see all our deals online at greernissan.com. Why
13: waste your time here? And washing your car when you can get the job done in minutes at Par's Quality Car Wash in Boiling Springs. Experience one of their excellent car washes today. Don't let crumbs, bugs, dirt, and other particles interrupt your car's overall appearance. Other car washes just basically rinse off your car and fail to get off the stuck-on bugs and dirt that takes a little elbow grease to remove. Ask about their car detailing, too. Visit Par's Quality Car Wash, 1929 Boiling Springs Road, and get a quality car wash done by hand. 578-9274.
10: Selecting a financial advisor to entrust your hard-earned assets is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Janie Montgomery Scott has more than 185 years of experience, tracing its roots to 1832. Janie's boutique size allows it to remain agile, meeting the demands of turbulent market cycles while addressing the needs of its clients. Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott sets the bar high. He provides superior advice, expertise, and support through every stage of your life and finances. As a firm, Janie's regional size offers the advantages of scale, allowing for close client relationships with personalized advice and planning. Call Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. TRUST!
7: trucks are what you want. Grayer Nissan is where you need to be. Nissan Truck Month is on now. Get rock bottom prices and payments on hundreds of new Nissans, like the Nissan Titan. Drive for $349 a month, or save up to $10,000 off MSRP, or drive a 2020 Nissan Road for only $229 a month. That's right, you can get a new 2019 Nissan Titan for only $349 a month, or save up to $10,000 off MSRP, or a new 2020 Nissan Road only two twenty-nine dollars a month during Nissan Truck Month at Greer Nissan. You can get rock bottom prices and payments on all your favorite Nissan's. For the truck you want, at the price you need, hurry to Greer Nissan for Nissan Truck Month today. Greer Nissan. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Visit us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or you can see all our deals online
8: at greernissan.com. Play 644 1197 for more details. F45 Training, the world's fastest growing fitness network has now made its way to Roba. This new fitness studio brings a new style of training to the area and is open to all fitness levels. F45 Training is a global fitness training community specializing in group workouts which are fast, fun, and proven to get rapid results. F45 offers members an unlimited array of training programs designed to unify the muscle groups and make you look, move, and perform better in all aspects of your life. Find them on Facebook or Instagram and sign up for your free week now. F45, functional fitness training located at 4795 South Church Street in Roba. or call at 864-810-4528. The Dan
0: Patrick Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at (laughs) 98.3. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now.
1: And good morning, Nelson. How are you today?
12: I'm doing pretty good.
1: Well, you sound great. Um, quite a show last week at uh, Martinsville. We uh, can expect some tempers to flare with a little uh, short track beating and banging, but uh, it uh,
12: it didn't disappoint us, did it? No, it didn't. Just uh, fight at the end. Uh, Dave Nichols Jr. Uh, got suspended for one race. Now was he the guy that looked like somebody
1: grabbed uh, Hamlin by the got him by the horse collar which would be a 15 yard penalty in football and yanked him down is that who that is that who that was
12: right he's the tire specialist on on the 22 car well he gets a week week off he doesn't get to go to texas
2: of course now he was just taken
1: up for his driver right right well what did you think about that i mean did you think uh did you think the fight was, uh, I don't know if this is the right way to put it justified or, uh, I mean, it was uh, it's a short track. You can expect stuff like that.
12: Well, you know, uh, I tend to agree with NASCAR here. If the drivers are going to fight, so be it. But don't have the crews getting involved because the crews nowadays are paid professionals. Uh, they're ex football players, uh, or want to be football players. Uh, and you know you have a 150 pound driver and a 280 pound uh, tire changer. Um, <laughs> it's no contest. Well, maybe they should and just somebody's going to get hurt.
1: Maybe they just have, should have a designated fighter on each crew. <laughs>
12: <laughs> well, uh, they pretty much do at the moment. but the NASCAR <laughs> pretty much put the next to that. Uh, you're you're if a crew member if you're fighting with the driver, you're out.
1: Well, I, you know, I thought it was entertaining and
12: um well, no I, question there.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, and they were interviewing a uh, Truex at the time who really you know, I think they needed a fight cuz he stunk up the show. That was a that was a, a pretty uh lopsided race and um he's in and um you know, it, it, he's going to be tough to beat if he does that every week.
12: Oh, uh no question about it. Uh I
1: think Harvest the man should be this week. Okay. Well, he's got a. I know he's uh, does real well at, at at Phoenix, which is where they're going the week after this. But uh, mm-hmm. at, um, at at Texas, I, he has a. Uh, you know, he, he he's he's done very well there also, and I'm looking forward to uh, to to see if if, if Logano, you know, how he rebounds from the. The little fisticuffs and uh you know, he got roughed up pretty bad there. I I I didn't actually you know, it, I wasn't impressed, and maybe it's come out that it was intentional, but I wasn't impressed with the fact that uh uh Hamlin put him into the wall on purpose. Um uh, is that, it wasn't that just an accident or was that intentional? Well,
12: there's bad blood there anyway. So, yeah, that's uh, true. there was some intention there, I'm sure.
1: Okay. Well that's okay too.
12: Uh, Uh, you know, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, 22 car had problems early and came back running so well, uh, you know, he's definitely in the hunt.
1: Well, and, and, you know, I don't like to see anybody, uh, run away with anything, but you know, you've got Truex, Hamlin and Bush, the top three in the point standings. And that's, that's kind of a. That's kinda of lopsided towards Gibbs and Toyota and and so I've got a you know, I I, I gotta pull for Logano being a, a Ford driver myself. Right. Um so what else can we take away from there and in the other series?
12: Well, you know, uh, talking more about uh the cup series, uh Chip <sighs> is out at thirty six car for the rest of the season, uh due to a seizure last week. Uh so John Hunter Nemechek is filling in for him. So you'll have uh, Joe Nemechek and John Hunter, his son, or, uh, or, or grandson, whichever it is, both run against each other this week. Uh, as I said, Dave Nichols uh, is out as the tire change of the Penske car for uh, one week. Uh, Stockman is out at the end of the season as Kushifa for three car. Uh Hamlin's having uh, shoulder surgery at the uh, end of the season. Uh, go Fast Racing with 32 car. Uh, they're entering into an alliance with Stuart Haas uh, for next year. Uh, Chevrolet is going to have a new uh, style uh, Camaro uh, you know, for next year. I saw that. Uh, be, uh, the ZL1 well, one LE. So you know, a lot of different things course uh, more and more talk about uh honda either 21 or 22
1: yeah that's all that as well i'm gonna stop you right here nelson because last week we let it get away from us and didn't make our picks and uh if we're gonna catch you we can't we can't afford to to give away weekends but uh, i'll let you go first go ahead and, and give us your choice
12: okay i'm gonna gamble on, on harvest again uh but all the Stewart house cars are running real good uh Stenhouse is running good. Kurt Bush is good. Kyle Busch is way back there. Uh, Paul Menard is 19. Uh, you know, Logano uh, is 21st. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of mixed up fields uh, this week. Uh, of course, they don't qualify to race this afternoon. Right. And I think
1: the I'll go over the TV times later, but the Xfinity race is actually at uh, 8.30 tonight Eastern time.
12: That is correct. And you know, cup race three o'clock tomorrow. And, uh, again, got to remember there's a time change tonight. Yep. That's right.
1: So, uh, and, and something else I'm going to touch on later. Let, let's get our picks in, but I was going to mention that, uh, uh, Texas is a big state for racing today with the U.S. grand prix, 190 miles away in Austin.
12: Yeah. Why they have both both in the same weekend, uh, it's kind of a mystery. Yeah, well,
1: you know, it's uh it is. It is a mystery and I'd be interested to see uh uh how it works out as far as the ratings and uh and uh the attendance. But uh Ronnie, who you like tomorrow? I think I'll go with the eighteen. He's gonna take uh Kyle Bush, Allen. Uh give me the nine car. Chase Elliott. He, he's taking Chase Elliott and I'm gonna give Greg uh well, I'll give him the twenty one car since uh Said Menard's running pretty good anyway. Uh, Nelson, Alan had a question for you last week and, and uh not only did we forget to make the picks, but we didn't uh, we didn't ask you the question. You remember and Alan's got this mysterious look on his face. It was about uh the pit road penalty for uh coming in uh committing to the coming in the pits and the light come on. The Bush car. Did you watch the Bush car
3: I mean I say Bush, it's Xfinity race really. Yeah,
12: well, the two... I, I did not see it, but uh, tell me what it was, and maybe I can well, enlighten
3: the two, you. The two car, he done committed to come down pit road, and he done got off the racetrack, got within a half a car length of the, you know the, the white line right there, and all of a sudden they flashed the red light on. I told them, I said, you know, once that boy commits and he goes below the white line off the racetrack, and he's already committed to pit road, they need to let him go ahead and pit. But if he would have went ahead and pitted. He would have served a penalty, but he drove on through, and he lost about probably eight or ten spots on the racetrack. And I, I, I told him, I said, that's a rule that once you commit and got down below the white line off the racetrack and you were in what I call a neutral zone right there, you should be able to go ahead and pit. Right.
12: Now, was it uh, two laps before the end of the segment?
1: I don't remember that.
12: Okay, uh, no, if it not, was, uh, but, you know, the pitch would have been closed, uh, but if, you know, well, no, if I didn't see it, I really can't show sure. yeah,
3: it. Yeah, it was during the race, and the caution come out because of a car on the back stretch over there. It, You know, he'd blow the tire and stuff like that, but this boy, like I said, he'd already committed to come down pit road, and he was, like I say, within a half car length of the white line, all of a sudden the light turned red on there and he was he's trying to tell his crew members he said i don't really know if it's green or red I mean, you know there's you know but it was just a deal of uh that's something that they they could look at
1: bad timing on his part though
3: well i mean you know i mean once you commit
2: More bad luck once, than bad timing you know, there,
3: there you go
1: once you commit you're saying you should be, go, be yeah. able to go ahead and pit well nelson we got about uh 30 seconds here before uh before the break um
12: You going to be in Texas, or are you going
1: to hang out in the Carolinas?
12: No, I'll hang out in the Carolinas this week, enjoy this cool weather.
1: Yeah, it is nice weather.
12: Of course, uh, I think it's even cooler in Texas. They said the concession stands were sold out of everything that was warm.
1: (laughs) I can believe that. Hot chocolate. Well, Nelson, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, uh, take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you next week.
12: Okay, sounds good.
1: All right, that's Nelson Crozier. And he's the smartest man I know. He still is. He sounds good this morning. Well, we're going to come back after this uh, break and do the second hour. You're listening to Start Your Engines. Your home for Presbyterian College Blue Hose
0: football is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartan. Now on FM at
11: 98.3.
7: trucks trucks we want trucks if trucks are what you want Greer nissan is where you need to be nissan truck month is on now get rock bottom prices and payments on hundreds of new nissans like the nissan type drive for 349 a month or save up to ten thousand 000 off msrp or drive a 2020 nissan road for only 229 a month that's right you can get a new 2019 nissan type for only 349 a month or save up to ten thousand dollars off msrp or a new 2020 Nissan Road for only 229 dollars a month during Nissan Truck Month at Greer Nissan. You can get rock-bottom prices and payments on all your favorite Nissans for the truck you want at the price you need. Hurry to Greer Nissan for Nissan Truck Month today. Greer Nissan, low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Visit us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or you can see all our deals online at greernissan.com. Clean please 799
10: Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster and the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott, can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC.
8: F45 Training, the world's fastest-growing fitness network, has now made its way to Roba. This new fitness studio brings a new style of training to the area and is open to all fitness levels. F45 Training is a global fitness training community specializing in group workouts, which are fast, fun, and proven to get rapid results. F45 offers members an unlimited array of training programs designed to unify the muscle groups and make you look, move, and perform better in all aspects of your life. Find them on Facebook or Instagram and sign up for your free week now. F45 Functional Fitness Training, located at 4795 South Church Street in Roba. or call
0: at 864-810-4528. Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina.
3: Gentlemen, start your engines.
0: Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now. Here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood.
1: And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400. And let's do another hour, boys. What do you think? All right. Let's get at it. Okay. I want to start out the hour by thanking Lanny McKinney, who does our podcast. And I think he's been on a... Texting over here with Ronnie a little bit this morning. Yep. Ronnie does our, I mean, Ronnie. Ronnie does a lot, but Lanny does our. uh,
2: Lanny does a lot more than Ronnie.
1: (laughs) Lanny does our podcast and maintains the Bud Moore Engineering website and our Facebook page. And listen, uh,
2: one of the things Lanny texted me was that our streaming was going in and out. So if you are one of our listeners who, who does depend on the stream to hear the show, we this afternoon will get Lanny a clean copy of the show today, so if you miss something, you can pick it up on the podcast and not have any drops in the the coverage.
1: And I tell you what, I listen to that podcast every week, and I I, I tell you what, we tickle the hell out of me. I say that, <laughs> we tickle the heck out of me every week because we we have a good time on this show, and it's fun to listen to.
3: Well, well we I try. Was it? Is it time for me to renegotiate my contract?
1: Yes, it is. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure you're going to get paid the same thing you did this year. And uh, we will talk about that coming here soon. Because
3: as we was talking
1: earlier, we are getting down to the end of our shows
3: here. We, uh, and,
1: and this is a labor of love. We got three more shows. Uh, and, and speaking of that, let me say a couple of things here. Um, first of all, next week will be our annual, second annual um veterans Veterans day show which uh we will uh we're gonna have buzz mckim is gonna be our guest at uh that i was talking to dr Kraft about just now who who was a previously the curator at the hall of fame but um in, in in charlotte nascar hall of fame but he's down in daytona now and he does radio and television and um and it's just a fascinating historian or he had never gotten that job at the hall of fame, but you know, he did a lot of lettering of, of race cars and sign painting and things like that. I believe that was his family's vocation and he uh, he's going to be our guest next week. And then at 11 o'clock next Saturday, we're going to play the, uh, the interview that I did with Bud Moore when we wrote his book, um, when I wrote the, book with bud moore together uh and he details when he captured the german uh uh, headquarters him and another jeep driver his jeep driver and it's a not only is it a story of incredible bravery but um it's funny and and i can listen to it over and over and i've probably heard it 20 times but we're going to play that again next week and and talk about uh you know, try to honor our veterans as best we can. None of us here in this studio, and even if Greg's with us next week—and I hope he will be—we um, aren't veterans, but we can certainly appreciate what they've done. And Absolutely. everybody's been touched uh, by uh, by the military. You know, uh, your your father, your uncle, or somebody, and probably have somebody in your family that that paid the ultimate price to uh, for our freedom and. We'll talk about all that next week. What you got, Alan? Our military done a good
3: job this week. What'd we do? Uh the number one ISIS leader. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. And number two. I, right after we got number one, we went and got number two. Yeah.
1: And so uh you know, them boys are on their a game too. And they uh what the dog chased him down a alleyway or something or, or down a, a a dead end tunnel and he uh set off his uh suicide vest based. yep his suicide vest and i took a couple of his kids with him which uh you know the children don't know any better but uh that was uh yep you're right we're um we're still fighting we're open for business and uh of course i, I mention it all the time and i try not to belabor the point but my son's in the in the u.s marine corps and he's uh this month is halfway through his six-year hitch so he's uh getting ready to be deployed but We'll talk about that next week. And um seems like I had some, oh, uh I it, I was I was talking about the fact that we're gonna um only have three shows left. I've been working with um and, and I got in touch finally with Ronnie Nodine, who is um we've had him on the show from time to time. We haven't had him on this year, but he has the uh, he's he's a modeler and is real big into restoring race cars and building models of race cars. And he has the big model show. Uh, he has it, but it's it's not just him. It's a, I think the South Carolina Modelers Association. I don't think that's the correct title of it. But they're going to, they have their show every um, year uh, in January at the Marriott. They call it, I hope it don't snow show. <laughs> and uh, But Ronnie was um, really really close with elmo henderson and i talked to ronnie this week and and sort of got the lowdown on on how i missed um i I just missed that issue Uh, it was in the the sunday paper back in april when he when elmo passed away but from what i understand elmo wanted to his wishes were to keep everything low-key and uh, he certainly did because i missed it but we're going to honor elmo in two weeks um and, and Hopefully have some special guests on that were um, good friends of Elmo Henderson's and Elmo was a good friend of mine and a lot of people in Spartanburg and a great race driver. And uh, we're going to, we're going to take care of Elmo in a couple of weeks. And you was talking
3: about model cars. I think he actually done one of the, actually the 27 car and uh, somebody actually gave Danny one over to banquet when we won the championship two years ago of the 25 T And I was more amazed at that model car of all the detail that was in that car as just as much as you are as the fellow was rebuilding the, you know, the car.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking about, um, and and I think this is the correct term, uh, museum quality. I mean, these cars are...
2: It's not like the model cars we used to make as kids.
1: No, and I thought I did a pretty good job. Yeah. And because... You know, these days, and and this has been the case now for quite a while, but you can go out and order or buy decals and make just about any car you want. You know, I'm, and we're talking about race car, like uh, if you wanted to make Nelson Stacy 61 Ford, you can get the decals out there. Um, when I was building model cars, you know, you had to paint the numbers on there and, uh, and the sponsor and everything. So uh, as far as that goes, it's a little bit easier than it used to be. But, you know, once again, it's kind of like if you're making a real race car, you don't paint the numbers on those anymore either. Now, he was uh, there. Uh, Dr. Kraft was talking about getting uh, Buzz McKim to letter that car of his, but that's the way they did it then. You wouldn't put the decal on a car uh, that didn't have it, you know, originally. So uh, there is a lot of lettering of race cars that goes on. But as far as modeling, um, you, you can. I used to make a lot of them, and I couldn't wait till I, I could run out and buy a 62 Pontiac model and make a Joe Weatherly or a Jack Smith or something. But, I, you know, I had to paint the numbers and everything on there, and I still got them, and I'm very proud of them. But you can get the decals to do that now.
3: Yeah, but back in
1: the day, everybody don't
3: realize that in NASCAR, you used to have a fellow that walked around, and he had a big wooden box, and he had every color of paint and the paintbrushes with him. And whenever somebody come up and wanted to give somebody a little bit of sponsorship money, he got that guy to come over and paint that man's name on the side of that
1: race car that day. Yep, and you know, uh, he also had a long stick with a rubber ball or something on the end of it, so he could uh, prop his hand on the on that and the rubber ball against the right. side of the car to, uh, to steady, steady his hand.
2: steady his hand. so he
1: could paint. And I got to tell you this story, and this was at the nineteen eighty Atlanta Five Hundred. I'll never forget it. I was running around the pits with a pit pass that, that Greg Moore snuck to me through the fence. <laughs> and uh, and I, I took a lot of photographs <clears throat> that day. And I took like four or five of this guy. He was painting um the sponsor and the numbers and everything on Joe Boer's Buick. And his fingers were all gnarled and black and bent. And it was Jim Hurtaby's. And Jim Herdeby, of course, was a great Indianapolis and open-wheel driver. And, in fact, he won the Atlanta 500 in 1966. But he was doing the painting for um, on Joe Boer's car, and I remember what he was painting. It was on the, I guess that's called a C-pillar. I call it the sail panel. And uh, what he was writing, it said, all things are possible. But he was lettering that car with those burn-up, bent-up, damaged fingers of his and was just... Uh, he was just smiling and as happy as could be and put his brushes down for a minute and talked to me and let me take his picture. And I, uh, I'll just never forget that. But, and I know uh, Bud Moore had a guy. Um, I just remember, I think his name is, well, I know his name was Bill Nash and he worked for the Sparkburg Herald. I'm not sure what he did there. I believe he was a, he worked in the, the, the line of type. Is that what they called it? The press room or something. And, uh, he did the lettering on Bud Moore's cars for years, and I don't know if he's the only one they had. I think he might have also worked at Wakefield Buick, or maybe I'm getting two guys mixed up. But I remember my daddy, of course, was a city cop, and he he hung out at Bud Moore's garage all the time, and he was always talking about Fat Willie, and that's what they call Bill Nash was Fat Willie, and, uh, and it is, I guess, a lost art. Now, sign painting's not a lost art, I don't think. Maybe it is. Because, um, you, you know, you know, if you need something put on the, your, your door of your office or, you know, you, I don't think you call a sign painter anymore. You go down to some place and they'll make you the decals any way you want them. But, um, I remember fat Willie was a excellent barbecue, you know, chef at the, at the grill they had out behind Budmore's garage. And he did the lettering on Budmore's cars and probably a lot of other ones for years. And, uh, and, um, I don't know, just talking to Dr. Kraft and, and, and having Buzz McKim on next week has you know, got me thinking about, you know, lettering race cars the way they used to do it in the old days. Um now I, you talked about one time, Alan, not too long ago, about your car and um I think you said something about wrapping it. Yes. Um we I, got we got a guy
3: we actually let him just uh print out a copy and he can send it to danny on the computer and say you know how you like this and danny says well change this change that next thing you know once he gets it in that computer he punches a button and it prints it out on on a piece of vinyl piece of vinyl and then uh we go pick it up me and danny actually put it on a race car and peel it off and stick it to it and take heat guns and it's, it's over with then until Danny tears it up. <laughs> <laughs> or or somebody, uh, somebody gets too close. Too, a little too close. But uh, when we first start out at the beginning of the year, it we make it look really pretty. But then after that, uh, she's just
1: uh, what I call a junkyard dog. I noticed it when I was over there at Cherokee a couple of weeks ago. I mean, the car was in—it uh, wasn't beginning of the season condition, but I mean— it, it, was pretty straight i mean there were no you, 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 well, you guys take a lot of pride i mean you front runners don't want to drive some beat up looking piece of junk well all i do is perry every week i
3: just take and drill the pop rivets out and take a dead blow hammer and i beat the dents back out of it on a piece of concrete and uh it beats that aluminum right back out and i just stick it right back
1: up on it and repop rivet well and i, I noticed uh it looked like a few patchy areas in the on the corners the front corners especially yeah but it looked good but 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 i mean do you the whole car's not wrapped is it i mean you have yeah
3: Yeah, we we do one whole side i mean you just get in sides and then you get your number it's up on top but now i can buy the sheet metal i can buy this sheet metal in all different colors now and, uh, Is that right? Yes. You can buy this aluminum in yellow, red, blue, right. black. Yes. That's cheating. That's, uh, <laughs> no. you put uh... people out of work. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, don't get me wrong. That's, uh, part of it. I mean, I used to have to get a spray gun and paint these pieces, but, uh, nowadays you just, uh, you do it this way. You can get, actually get the color of the pop rivets and stuff to match the color of the, the aluminum that we actually put in these cars
1: that's uh I'm, I'm educated again i mean i did not know you got the metal in the color that that uh that you need yes is that what you were talking about you said you got some stuff from barry right couple of weeks ago was that yeah colored you said it was scratched and yeah and he gave you a bargain basement price he, on it he gave it to me for 25
3: dollars a sheet and it was black and i told him i said well i usually don't use a a black race car but uh I will today. I will today, but <laughs> guess what? I can still put the whole side wrap on this thing, the same colors as my car, and you don't know what's behind the wrap. That's, until it, it
2: doesn't matter.
3: It doesn't matter. Just the interior is what you going to see. It's going to be black, the interior of that car. And don't get me wrong, if I want to, I can tell the guy to print me off some uh, sheets of that and actually stick it on the car. Well,
1: would, but, I be, would it be improper for me to, to ask you to... Uh, give him a shout out i mean who does your uh who does your decal
3: and stuff i mean that's a- big a graphics anthony sanders he's actually in the same building that uh Jeremy is in out there with uh the Clemens. is that right yes he is so so that's the spartanburg business that's the spartanburg business well. we we kind of keep it here in spartanburg i don't wanna, i can't tell you uh it's it's a little pricey
1: but guess what it's it's pretty it is good it's great <laughs> i I thought it was spray painted on there. Well, I tell you what, I learn something every time uh, just about you boys open your mouth. So uh, that's an education to me. But we're going to take a time out right now and and, uh, come back. And Alan's going to tell us if anything whatsoever is going on in the world of racing in this area. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg.
0: Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the SignForce hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start Your Engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM.
8: Wouldn't it be nice if road trips were easy? Anyone need to go to the bathroom? Nope.
7: I went before we left. Hey, you in the sedan.
8: Smooth merge. At McDonald's, we're making things easy. Introducing the Saver's Menu. Simply choose from the sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, sausage McMuffin, or medium premium roast coffee and get another for a buck during breakfast hours. Easy. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Breakfast hours vary by location. Excludes iced coffee.
13: Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit upstatelogistics.com. Why waste your time hand-washing your car when you can get the job done in minutes at Pars Quality Car Wash in Boiling Springs? Experience one of their excellent car washes today. Don't let crumbs, bugs, dirt, and other particles interrupt your car's overall appearance. Other car washes just basically rinse off your car and fail to get off the stuck-on bugs and dirt that takes a little elbow grease to remove. Ask about their car detailing, too. Visit Pars Quality Car Wash, 1929 Boiling Springs Road, and get a quality car wash done by hand. 578-9274.
4: When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Trucks, Trucks, we want If trucks are what you want,
7: Greer Nissan is where you need to be. Nissan Truck Month is on now. Get rock-bottom prices and payments on hundreds of new Nissans, like the Nissan Titan. Drive for $349 a month or save up to $10,000 off MSRP or drive a 2020 Nissan Road for only $229 a month. That's right. You can get a new 2019 Nissan Titan for only $349 a month or save up to $10,000 off MSRP or a new 2020 Nissan Road for only $2.29 a month during Nissan Truck Month at Greer Nissan. You can get rock bottom prices and payments on all your favorite Nissan. for the truck you want at the price you need. Hurry to Greer Nissan for Nissan Truck Month today. Greer Nissan. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Visit us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or you can see all our deals online at greernissan.com.
0: Plays
7: 644-799-1197 for more details. <laughs>
0: Fox Sports 1400 is now bigger and better than ever. Why? You are on an FM station. Because we're now on the FM dial at 98.3. Fox Sports 1400, now bigger and better at 98.3 FM.
1: You know, we had some good music last week. You remember that with the yes. Credence and the monkeys and everything? And A,
2: a little different today. A little bit different today, but who knows
1: what's going to come up. Uh, well, Pay, what we
2: need to start doing is recording our conversations that we have off the air. <laughs> some of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, if they're recorded, we can edit them. But we just had a very interesting conversation about the decals that, that you use on, the, not just you, but most race teams are using on their cars. Well, Alan
1: showed us that picture of his car, <clears throat> which is blue and yellow. And uh, I would have never dreamed the yellow was yellow sheet metal. I mean, I just would never never cross my mind.
3: You can get it just about any color you want nowadays. And, I mean, that's uh, part of this racing deal that we don't have to go to paint. We don't have to go to the paint booths no more and stuff like that. And I mean. Don't wh- feel bad about
1: putting somebody out of work uh do you find something else for him to do (laughs) oh yeah we found something else for him to do (laughs) okay what what we got going on in the area if anything this
3: week well we got something a little bit on further up the road up here at charlotte everybody knows there's a dirt track racetrack up there at charlotte speedway uh they got a little bit of racing going on up there this weekend they call this the crate crate motor nationals kind of if uh If we actually had a 602 Crate motor, we could probably be up there this weekend because uh, they've got 42 cars up there running the 602 Crate Sportsman's. Uh, They qualified yesterday, and I can give you a little bit of this qualifying rundown. All right. Uh, In uh, heat race number one, we got Ronnie Mosley, first place, second place, Russell Wilford, third place, Dalton Panel. In heat race number two... We got uh, Caleb McLaughlin was first place. Second place, Cade Langley. Third place, Nick Milstead. In heat race number three, we got the number 18 of Damian Crump. We got the number two car of, uh, I mean, 718 of Ben Watkins. Third place was Brandon Dockery in the 70 car. In heat race number four, we had first place. Mitchell Duval, second place, Devin Morgan. Third place was Dustin Taylor. I think they'll probably be taking uh, probably the top five out of these four heat races, which will be 20 cars. The rest of this field out of the 42 cars will be running a last chance race today. Then they'll take the next four cars out of it and move them on up to the main event. But the four cars that finished up front, which is Mitchell Duval, Damian Crump, Ronnie Mosley and Caleb McLaughlin, those four cars will actually have to draw out of a hat. And the one that won the first heat race, which is Ronnie Mosley, he is supposed to be starting on the pole. But now he could draw out of a hat number four, and he'll have to go back to fourth position. Well,
1: that's not far from first, but uh, uh, I saw the the infamous redraw at uh, Cherokee a couple weeks ago.
3: Yes, you did. And uh, sometimes it works out for you. Sometimes it works not for you. But uh, they also uh, had some uh, other races up there. They got uh, 604s and uh, Super Late Models and Heat Race. I'm going to tell you, they had a bunch of cars up there for this. And uh, Heat Race number one was Michael Brown. Second was Trent Ivey, local driver down here from Union. In heat race number two, we had Brett Hem. He's from down here around Newberry. Uh, second place was Timmy Harrelson. In heat race number three, Timbo Magnin, and second place was Justin Hedpiss. In heat race number four, Leighton Sutherland, and Matt Lone. In heat race number five, Logan Robertson and Forrest Trent. In heat race number six, Dylan Brown and Clay Harris. So everybody's sitting out here going to all these races, if you want to go to a race, you can head on up here to Charlotte. And you can watch some good racing up here at Charlotte. And next week, they're going to have the World of Outlaws up there. Oh, those guys really put it on. Oh, out. yes, oh, sir. they do. The World of Outlaws, They well, I think they have the big block Modifieds up there. This is a three- or four-day deal up there from what I've seen you can actually buy a four day pass up there for like a hundred and I think it's a hundred and nine dollars. I don't know where they got the nine dollars from, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also got the camping spots up there to where you can stay. And, uh, that's, uh, a good weekend deal. If it doesn't get too cold, but most of their racing that they do up there, they try to do it in the daytime and try to get off that racetrack by about seven thirty or eight o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Pretty good show
1: to go to. Well, um, I didn't hear you mention any of the familiar names. I heard Mitchell Duvall in there, and uh, I, I didn't hear any Rockets or Wally's or anything.
3: Um, us and Wally, uh, we, uh, matter of fact, I seen Wally at the supply house, and uh, I mean, not supply house, my uh, parts house, and uh, Wally's fixing to go on a two week vacation. Well, and, and he said he'd be back for the which our next race we got qualified in was over at Traverse Rest Speedway, and they've rescheduled it for November the 16th since uh, Charlotte's having all their racing coming up up here this weekend and next weekend. So the next opening Saturday is going to be the November the 16th, and we will actually race over there. And I think everybody knows that uh, the 18 car of uh, Bradley Weaver, he's starting on a pole. we starting on the outside pole. and. Behind us is going to be Wally back in there, and uh, but whenever this race is over with, somewhere or another Wally's going to be up front. Well,
1: I, I guarantee that. But I, are you uh, going to switch cars on him? You were talking about switching cars on him?
3: I left. Uh, the, I, I was sitting there talking to Wally, and I said, uh, "You think I could I could I could guess about get this decal <laughs> that we've been talking about all this time." Yeah. and i could have it printed up the same as the one that's on that other car and just kind of go slide in over there and just see if anybody says anything and what if they do
1: what, have, what's the worst they could do i'll mean,
3: start to rear the field all right you right. know kind of like chase of the other week had you know and then he blowed his motor and for some reason i don't know if you go out there at first practice and you blow your motor it seems like it shouldn't count against you It. To you
1: uh, qualify something that's like what it. I said last that, week. That <laughs> makes much more sense. I I, I I guess it makes too much sense. Well, I, I just had no idea that's the way it worked. That if you if you hadn't already qualified and you blew your engine, you, you still got to go to the rear and and you got to run the 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 Daytona engine that you ran in July. You got to run it in January or, or in February or, or your Talladega engine. I just I just. I, I didn't know that. I, it doesn't make any sense to me that you can uh, put whatever motor you want to in there before you qualify, I didn't, especially going from one track and coming back to the same track and having to use the same motor you used six months earlier. That's To me, that's crazy.
3: Well, you know, I used to eat breakfast with Bud Moore, and my brother worked for Junior Johnson. And I'll never forget, Bud Moore, he used to sit there and he would snort a little bit. And uh, he would say that Junior's car was always on Sunday morning, was backwards in the pit stall with the hood up. And them boys would have the motor chain, I mean the motor horse sitting right there. And whenever they had drivers meeting, if Junior went walked out and scratched his head, they started pulling the motor out of that car. That's like, <laughs>
1: that's like baseball signals.
3: Yes. And, uh, I look at my brother and I said, What what would y'all, hey, but said, they would say that there's a leak of something in the header or something like that, that water was coming out the header pipe and they had to change motor that morning. He said, "All they done was wait to see it to drivers meeting. They'd draw numbers. <laughs> and if your number was drawn, you had to pull down after the race. People okay. don't realize this yeah. back then. Yeah. And if Junior's number wasn't pulled out of the hat, he knew he wasn't going to be tore down that day, so guess what he done? For some reason, they changed motors. Yeah. I don't know why you'd change motors on Sunday morning. I can think
1: of a reason. <laughs> and I'm not that smart. But, uh, or I can think of a reason uh, either way why you'd want to change motors. But you know, I don't know when they did away with this. Greg could probably tell us. Um, you know, I, I, towards the end of the year, uh, and it would only be towards the end of the year where you would want to go to this much trouble if you were uh, in a close points battle, especially if you were winning the points championship or something like that. You used to have a... I remember a lot of times seeing a... Uh, speaking of Hallman Moody or the Petties or whoever, um, having a, an engine on a hoist in the garage area, where if you blew an engine during the race, you roll it in there up under that hoist and you change engines real quick. And, I mean, you might lose 10 or 15 laps, not even that many if, uh, if it's a caution flag or something. But, you know, you could change engines during the race. Yes, you could. Yeah. Uh, they pretty much put stopped all that. And
3: they've just about stopped you from working on the cars on pit road now for you got that five minutes and go yep. back out. And if you can't make up a certain speed, yep, you're behind the wall.
1: Yep. Uh, there's some things about that I, I like. I don't know if that, if that, if I'm not mistaken. That correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's five or six minutes, whatever it is. Let's call it five. But is that not also from the time you hit the pit road?
2: Yeah, I think it is. I yeah. think. I
1: mean, that's not right. It ought to be from the time you stop, and they can actually start working on it.
2: Because if you're lucky enough to have the the pit closest to the exit, yeah. You're losing a lot of time between entering the pits and getting to your. I mean, a lot of
3: time. I, I think one of the reasons they kind of put this in was the Matt Kenseth and Joy Logano deal two years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where uh, Matt kind of come out of the pit road and the whole front of the car was gone. And uh, he decided he'd just find, here comes the 22 car. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they took him out too. Uh,
3: so they give they I guess they figure after five minutes the driver cools off and uh, but no nah, drivers don't cool off. Drivers do not forget either. I was gonna say they were,
1: they got good memories.
3: Uh, I was, I was kind of watching a little bit on TV this week and they had Kyle Bush on uh, TV and he was sitting there talking about it. And he said, "Well, I was trying to give my uh my one word answers to the." Press and all of a sudden the fight broke out and he said I looked at him I said y'all need to be over there that's where all that <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> well you can you could when they when they were interviewing Truex after you know they do the interview on the finish line and then they do the other one later in Victory Lane but when they were out there on the track interviewing him he was looking over his shoulder over the shoulder of the uh, announcer instead of looking at the camera of the announcer and you could tell he was concentrating on what was going on on the, he was on watching the, the fight he was watching the fight before they ever told us they had a fight. But um, we got something going on in Greer today that we need to talk just a little bit about in the next uh, two or three minutes. Our good friend, um, what's our good friend's name? Ernie? (laughs) No, no, no. No. uh, uh, Hank Guyton. (laughs) Hank Hank Guyton. Our good friend, Hank, uh, with the Hot Rod Revival 6 out there at the uh, Greer Dragway. That's been going on since 8.30 this morning, but the action on the track starts from 12 to 5 it's a $15 admission and uh so about the time where we're we're, uh, we're done with they'll they'll start firing them up and they got all these different classes and these uh historic race cars and a beauty contest
2: and that $15 is also your pit pass that's right because when you go to the drag strip you get to walk through the pits and talk to the drivers
1: and i think it's going to be uh maybe gorgeous the beauty day. queens today yeah gorgeous day we had toyed with the idea of um, going out there when the show's uh, over, but I mean I can't make it. We've all got other things we really have to do. I've got a, I got a yard full of sticks and limbs and leaves and and all over the driveway and the patio, and I got to get that all cleaned up because uh, um, hopefully my son's coming next weekend, so gotta, but I, I got I have to get it cleaned up anyway. So you got a special service man coming in. Yeah, but I just I can't do it. But anyway, if you're not doing anything and you're within the sound of my voice which uh of course uh you what's could be, left of it you, i i apologize for that <laughs> but if we uh you know if you're listening to us in australia you're in the sound of my voice but if you're right here in the spartanburg area head on out to greer dragway because uh they got a full afternoon of uh drag racing and good food and things to look at and and uh i really wish i was going to be there i got i got cherokee speedway off my bucket list so i'll get greer dragway next week next year yep uh Max, we uh we got
3: another race coming up over at cherokee speedway it's going to be late in november that's the old blue gray race that's when the super late models come down that's going to be after the weekend of uh november 16th so that's going to put us somewhere around november the 23rd that's going to be about i think a, you see, there might be a just a one-day deal over there well, they bring the super late malls in. That's going to be the week before Thanksgiving, and then everybody knows that right after Thanksgiving they usually have the four-cylinder Nationals over there, and uh, that's a big deal to do over at Cherokee Speedway on uh, the weekend after
1: Thanksgiving. These well, boys coming over there. Well, and we'll uh, we'll have re- results of uh, everything up until uh, it's looking as of right now like our final show is going to be. Uh, well, I had it there. Uh, i was looking right at it uh and november would be uh the 23rd i think 17th
2: is the last
1: race the 17th is the last race and we'll do a wrap-up show so we got like three shows after this one and uh we will uh um that's usually the show we have mike helton on we have him to start the year and to finish the year and so it's uh boys it's winding down so Let's take our last break and come back, and I'll do some until my – I think my voice just might make it to the end of the season. I hope it does. But I'll do some results and what's on television, and, uh, and uh, the results are getting pretty, pretty slim. So, uh, But we'll come back. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start your engines.
10: It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC.
4: When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always since 1946. Every
6: now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803 273-3013. Trucks, trucks, we want trucks. If trucks are what you want, Greer Nissan is where you
7: need to be. Nissan Truck Month is on now. Get rock-bottom prices and payments on hundreds of new Nissans, like the Nissan Titan. Drive for $349 a month or save up to $10,000 off MSRP or drive a 2020 Nissan Road for only $229 a month. That's right. You can get a new 2019 Nissan Titan for only $349 a month or save up to $10,000 off MSRP or a new 2020 Nissan Road for only $2.29 a month during Nissan Truck Month at Greer Nissan. You can get rock-bottom prices and payments on all your favorite Nissans for the truck you want at the price you need. Hurry to Greer Nissan for Nissan Truck Month today. Greer Nissan. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Visit us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or you can see all our deals online at greernissan.com. please 644 for more details.
0: Want to find out what's going on on Fox Sports 1400? Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. We have everything you need, including the all-important Listen Lively. Find it all at (laughs) SpartanburgSportsRadio.com.
1: welcome back to our final segment of start your engines and uh let me uh touch on what's going on of course we have mentioned the uh cup race last week and it was uh martin truex totally dominating the race with a leading 464 laps which is uh i think that was the most that had been led and i don't remember who did it somebody led 484 about 10 or 15 years ago or something but that's a to me, that's not a good race. So uh, it ended up kind of exciting with the 50 cuss on pit road. But um, second was William Byron. He just couldn't quite get there. I was hoping he'd uh, be able to run X down, but nobody was going to run X down. But um, Byron was second. Keslowski was third. Denny Hamlin was fourth. Ryan Blaney was fifth. Kurt Busch was sixth. Kevin Harvick seventh. Joey Logano was eighth, Kyle Larson ninth, and Ryan Newman was tenth. Now the point shakeout um, with Truex as the leader, and, of course, he has automatically punched his ticket to the final four. So uh, he's uh, got a – it doesn't matter how many points lead he's got. Uh, Denny Hamlin's next, and he's got a seven-point lead over Kyle Busch. Um, so that's your first three cars are all uh, Gibbs Toyotas, which you know one of them's okay. I don't. I certainly don't want to see three of them in the final four. Um, right now, number four is Joey Logano. That would be in the Penske Ford, and that's who I'm pulling for, personally. Fifth is, uh, and he's three points behind Bush and ten points behind Hamlin. Next is Kevin Harvick. Is fifth. Sixth is Brian Blaney. Seventh, Kyle Larson. And Chase Elliott is 74 points back. He's actually 54 points behind Hamlin, which is uh, who he would have to catch. But um, Well, for second, actually, he needs to catch the fourth-place guy, and he's 44 points behind him, but he needs to win a race. uh.
3: But uh, we were sitting here talking a little bit earlier, the big deal between Joey Logano and Danny Hamlin, but I asked you a little bit earlier, did you see the deal between Kyle Busch and Eric Amarillo. And I forgot I did, but they... Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, Eric kind of bumped him a little bit getting into the third turn, and, and but coming off fourth turn, it looked to me like Kyle Busch had it hard left. I mean, they was...
1: Mm, to me, that had been a fight after the race. Well, and and it could have been a free-for-all because if I was been uh, somebody like Jimmy Johnson who got caught up in their mess, I'd have come over there and and uh, punch somebody... Yes, I mean
3: sometimes you uh you take out somebody that really is racing hard that has got a lot on them, and everybody's sitting there. People don't realize what Jimmy Johnson's got on him right now. You know, everybody's what's wrong? What's wrong? Well, well you know, if he knew what was wrong, he'd already fix it.
1: Well, that's that's true. And they uh, Al marola and Johnson finished 37th and 38th, which was the last two positions, and. Uh, I think that's what they call collateral damage, isn't it? Collateral
3: damage, but Eric said uh, he had a few words for Kyle after the race, and I t- listened to Kyle in the middle of the week, and Kyle says, "Hey, we got
1: we got forty something other cars to worry about too." <laughs> yeah. Well, you know uh, they're going to be going a whole lot faster at Texas. I mean, a whole lot faster, and uh, you start that kind of monkey business at a track like Texas, and it could it could. Uh, hurt somebody they
3: they also got it, that traction stuff back down too you it could hurt a whole lot of somebody see? yeah well like,
2: you know we always talk about the big one at daytona yeah. and talladega you could have that at texas too. oh yeah yeah especially the, with the shenanigans they've been
3: doing lately the uh traction thing what were you saying they they, they they spraying that track down with that traction stuff again and uh don't get wrong that's just making the cars feel that much better than drivers too yeah
1: it's uh false <laughs> security <laughs> Xfinity did not run last week, but they will run uh, tonight on NBCSN at 8.30. If you get tired of football, um, uh, that would be – I know Carolina plays at 7.30, so this will be cutting right into that. The uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts 300 is at Texas, and uh, Christopher Bell and uh, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick are uh, about the only three with a chance there of – uh, you know the champions going to come from one of those three because fourth place justin allgaier is i think he's just a little too far back to catch up uh over 30 points in three races and of course jeremy clements who i hope he had a good halloween um don't know what he went as uh, uh, but he uh, uh was gracious enough to come on our show last week and there's a great interview he, he's um Got third place in the standings, by 13th place in the standings, by three points over Greg Galting, And as I have said several times, we want him to stay there because that's the best he can do. The trucks did not run last week, and they don't run this week. They don't run again until next week, which they will run the Lucas Oil 150 at Phoenix at, uh, on FS1 at 830 at night. I believe the 8th is Friday. So it'll be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show with uh, all three uh, – um, series uh, of NASCAR to big three going at it at one track for Phoenix and then again the next week at Homestead. But Brett Moffat is your point leader there with Stuart Fries in second. Ross Chastain is third. Austin Hill is fourth and Matt Craft in fifth. And we won't go any further back there. And uh, where is my... Oh, there it is. Right in front of my nose. Formula One, they ran last week at Mexico and Of course, Lewis Hamilton won again, and um, Sebastian Vettel in the Ferrari was second. Valtteri Bottas was third in the Mercedes. Charles uh, Leclerc was fourth in Ferrari, and fifth was um, Alexander Alban for um, Red Bull Racing. The American cars, Kevin Magnussen, was 15th, and Romain Grosjean was 17th.
3: Well, we've already, you know, kind of hit on this IMSA deal. Uh, I just texted my brother a little while ago, asked him what was going on up there at Action Motorsports, and uh, he said just got cars tore down up there, getting ready to go back to Daytona. Uh, everybody knows that, don't get me wrong, we, we in November, we got December, then we go January. They start racing down there with the IMSA WeatherTech and uh, about January the 20th or 26th, somewhere along in there, whichever weekend it is, and so we don't have too much of a time to wait Till we go back to racing
2: and and they have a short off season but during the season they have gaps
3: yes uh they only have about 14 or 15 races a year but they're 14 15 races uh 24-hour race can you see nascar going and say we're gonna race 24 hours boys <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: that that wouldn't happen they'd have to do some work on the cars oh you are Headlights and windshield wipers they, and stuff. They uh... already they already want to get
3: down to four hundred miles. Well, I you know. know, I mean that's uh you know four hundred miles. Everybody talked about the world six hundred up there at Charlotte. You know, it's that last hundred miles that really puts
1: a strain on them cars. Yeah, I think them do away with five hundred mile races. That's been the, the standard since uh since Indianapolis in nineteen eleven. Um, getting back to the Formula One, they race uh, this weekend. So uh, as we were talking about with Nelson High in the World, that they have two huge races like that in the same day. Uh, but the Formula One is uh, 190 miles from Fort Worth, where the stock cars are running, uh, is the Formula One race. Uh, and it's called the Emirates, Emirates, which is an airline. United States Grand Prix, and that's in Austin. And that will be uh, this Sunday. So let me just do the the T V here real quick. Um today at four fifty five on ESPN News is the Formula One qualifying from Austin live. Uh, on CNBC at five thirty is the Xfinity qualifying live from Texas, you know, 190 miles away at seven o'clock tonight will on uh CNBC is the um NASCAR qualifying for the the cup cars. Then at 8:30, uh, after a short break after the Xfinity qualifying, is the uh, I mean the NASCAR Cup qualifying will be the Xfinity Race at 8:30. And that's tonight. And um, So that's a, a little break from um, football if you want it. Then tomorrow, 1:30 on ABC is the Formula One race from Austin. And you could actually watch most of that because their races run about two hours with uh the cup cars running at three o'clock on nbcsn so football auto racing uh football's in full swing but the auto racing's winding down and we uh um but we got it tonight to watch and tomorrow afternoon yeah and uh
3: forgot to ask jeremy clements last week uh these boys are going out there to texas and then they go on over here to phoenix and uh don't get me wrong no more distance that is i don't think they they actually drive all the way back i i, I wouldn't
1: think so i mean so uh.
3: they just actually load up a, a medium racetrack car like the mile and a half car then they they take that car and use it for a backup or whatever if they go over to phoenix and then they come back and then they've got to get ready to go down here to homestead right and don't get me wrong that's uh,
1: about three and a half full weeks of hard work well it's always hard work but this is uh this is getting down to it and you want to um i know these last races you want to impress your sponsor if you're trying to keep him or or impress somebody to to get a new one if you're into some sort of discussions or negotiations to get a to get a new sponsor uh, everybody wants to run well towards the end
3: yes uh you're getting down to it and uh We kind of like over here at Cherokee Speedway. We get down here to this blue-gray race. It's going to be one of the biggest races of the year. And uh, you always want to, whenever you got a big crowd up there in them stands, you always want to run good. Oh, y'all looking at me, I just... (laughs) Well, you you
2: put down your phone and straightened up your microphone. I thought you had something to say. Just just getting ready for the rest of this weekend. Okay. Go
3: home and turn my heat on. Okay. Well, we Uh, we was talking about this a little bit earlier for the people that's listening out here on this radio. We sitting here, all three of us looking at each other, wanting to know which one's going to talk next. And we was talking about on MRN Radio these guys actually are different places on the racetrack, so you've got to know what – you've got to work with them guys. Yeah, and um, you got to pay attention all the time. <laughs> well, that's what me and Perry are doing. We're paying attention. You, you raised up, and we said, well, he's supposed to say something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, he, and, he, and he sticks his face up to the mic and just looks at, looks at the mic. like you, and, and I'm begging for you all to talk because I'm – trying to get my voice to last another uh, three minutes and four seconds well, I'd like to, well I, think, I think we
3: can
2: we can handle three minutes uh, okay
3: well for the people that's listening we're sitting here talking about we're getting down here to the end of the season and we don't have too much going on in dirt racing but uh got a little bit going on and these tracks are trying to work together not to overlap on each other and not to not to hurt the crowd But like perry was talking about the the big race between texas and uh the road america race out there and uh but it's something that we can all think about. And and a reminder too that
2: uh, Lanny called or Lanny texted and told us that our streaming was going in and out. We're not sure what's happening with that. But if you'll late wait till later on this evening, if you've missed any of the show, uh, we will have a clean copy of the of the show recorded for the archives. Yep. And if if you missed any of our interview with. Uh, Doctor Kraft, Doctor uh, John Kraft, it would be worth listening to just to hear that interview because he was so
1: fascinating. He was, right. and uh, and and we want to thank Greg for getting him for us. Yep, yeah. and uh,
3: I know he's still going out a little bit over the air because I'm getting Texas in here from Scotty up there at Sparking Crankshafts. Scotty's still up there turning crankshafts. He said these boys are still wanting to make this one last race, and he said, "Guess what? After that, for about a month, I won't see y'all." till starting i said no you'll see me because that's one thing i usually do
1: i want mine in the shop first because i want it to come out first well, there you go and uh if our stream is, is is breaking on and off maybe that's what people thought it was when uh, we were all looking at you to say something just now <laughs> <laughs> that's just dead air I, I must have lost the stream because uh waiting on ronnie to open his mouth but uh well i hope everybody had a good thing uh thanksgiving a good halloween Butter you know my street used to be so busy, and when my kids, mm-hmm. uh, when we first moved back into the house that I grew up in there in Fernwood, um, there were a lot of kids all over the place. And my wife loved to decorate for Halloween, and we got ghosts and goblins and witches and uh, stuff all over the front yard. I didn't have one single person come by because I was the only house on the street that was going to participate. And, right. and uh, if there were kids walking around the neighborhood, they just left Pineville Road alone.
2: Well, well I, I live out in Duncan and Lyman, our little neighboring town. Every Halloween, closes off all the streets and let in the mill village, and it's just full of kids going around
3: all over. Well, how many fireworks did y'all hear go off? I didn't hear any. I didn't either.
1: Me neither. I heard a lot Which of my little
3: dog loved that, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> I heard a lot of sirens and my two dogs Brock and me I'll start howling. They. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but, boy, they howl like crazy, which was perfect for Halloween, and there was a gorgeous moon out there, and the the, uh, weather cleared up just in time for those that did want to go out and uh, trick-or-treat. Enjoy watching the races on P D.
2: Support our local tracks for these last couple of weeks. Yep. And be safe.
1: And don't forget, keep it between the fences.
0: Your home for Bump and Run weekday mornings at 7 is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg, now on FM at 98.3. For more convincing, listen.